Good morning, Rooted Church. It is a privilege to be here. Um, over the past several years, Gary's become a good friend, and um, I'm just so thankful to finally be able to make this happen. And so praise the Lord and praise for the new digs, right? I'm just so thankful for Reedy Creek opening their doors and being able to provide the space. And so it's a double win. First time I get to be at Rooted Church and at Reedy Creek. And so excited to have lunch with Pastor John today. So today's a good day, amen? The scripture says that we are to rejoice because this is the day the Lord has made. So, let me share a little bit about uh, myself. I want to share two great passions of my life besides Jesus and my family. Uh, Number one is North Carolina. Now, how many of you are from North Carolina? Raise your hand if you were born in North Carolina. All right, so that is the minority, all right? So... We're in the minority. However, my guess is wherever you are born, you know, wherever you grew up, that that you have a special affection for that place. Well, for me, I was born here in North Carolina. I was born in Reedsville, North Carolina, which is north of Greensboro. So in Reedsville, North Carolina, if if you want to go see a movie uh, or you want to go to a nice restaurant, you have to drive to Greensboro. All right. Now, my when I was young, and my dad moved to Durham, so when I was about in high school, I started to experience this wonderful angle, um, and then I also love to take vacation, and one of the beautiful things about this amazing state is that we have the beach and the mountains, and every year we would go twice a year on vacation, once to the beach in Wilmington and once to the mountains in Boone. And then, as my high school time came to an end, something happened. I had the privilege of getting accepted into the most prestigious school in the entire country, North Carolina State University in Raleigh. And so I, I, I really was able to come to the promised land here and fell in love with Raleigh and also was called into ministry at an early age. And so when I was 20, I started working at a church in Moxville, North Carolina, which is on the other side of Winston. And so every weekend, I would I would be at Raleigh all week, and then I would drive every single weekend to Moxville, North Carolina, as a youth pastor. Well, then finally, my time at NC State came to an end, and so I moved to Wake Forest to attend Southeastern Seminary. And then I Got my first full-time job, and I moved to Cary, North Carolina. And then that is where I met my beautiful wife, and we got married. She's from Chapel Hill. Ooh, okay. Um, She's from Chapel Hill, uh, and then she converted uh, to NC State. Um, And she had just graduated from UNC Charlotte and moved back home, and we met at church, and we settled down. And the peak of good living in Apex, North Carolina, which is just a stone's throw from my in-laws in Pittsburgh. So here's my point on this life journey through geography of North Carolina is I believe that God has intentionally placed me here in this state. And even if you are not born here, I believe that you are here for such a time as this. That God has divinely orchestrated that you would be here in 2022, 
here where you are living around the neighbors you live around. We're going to talk about that later when we talk about blessed. But you are here for a purpose, and I believe that I'm here for a purpose, and I believe that God has called me to be a part of a church planting movement here in North Carolina. So I love North Carolina. The second thing I love is I love the local church. I truly believe the local church is the God's world. The local church is who God gave the mission of proclaiming the gospel to every tongue, people, and nation. And so um, that kind of brings us to where we are today. Uh, so 12 years ago, uh, we felt God calling us to start a local church here in North Carolina, specifically right across the street from NC State, uh, not too far from where Rooted began on, on uh, Western Hillsborough, Hillsborough Street, right, right across from Meredith College. So we were about a mile from there when we started Point Church 12 years ago. And then five years ago, uh, we felt God calling us to start a church planting movement. And so five years ago, this, this group of churches called Carolina Movement was born with one purpose, to be a church planting group that helped every church become a church planting church. And so our dream was not just to see a church planted, but to help every church become a church planting church. And it's like I love what Pastor Gary shared about not only has Carolina Movement played a part in Rooted Church getting started, but now Rooted Church is helping Multiply Church in Monroe, North Carolina get started. And our prayer is that you will help dozens of other churches get started during the life of this church. And so we're going to show a quick video just a little bit about what Carolina Movement is all about, and then we're going to jump into the Word. Carolina Movement is a movement of churches across North Carolina with a heart to see every man, woman, and child in our state encounter Jesus. We believe the most effective way to accomplish this God-sized vision is through planting new churches in every major community here in North Carolina. However, it will take all of us working together to turn that dream into reality. That's why we are passionate about helping every church become a church planting church. At Carolina Movement, being a sending church is not just reserved for mega churches with mega budgets. We help every church have the opportunity to become a sending church through joining a church planting coalition. These coalitions partner with specific approved and assessed church planners to plant new life-giving churches in North Carolina communities who desperately need to hear about Jesus. We stumbled onto this coalition planting model in 2017 when Point Church in Raleigh and Vertical Church in Lumberton both wanted to plant a new church in Havelock, North Carolina. Unfortunately, neither was big enough or had enough resources to do it alone. However, through a move of the Holy Spirit, these two churches joined forces to plant Journey Church together. And that's how Carolina Movement was born. Since 2017, Carolina Movement has planted over a dozen new churches using our coalition model. Multiple sending churches combining forces to do what none of them could do alone. And by God's grace, it's really working. Every Carolina Movement church plant has not only survived, but has become a church planting church themselves. 
And so I invite you to join with us in this move of God. Whether you're an existing church or a new church planter, we would love to talk to you about how we can work together to change the spiritual landscape of North Carolina. Find out more information and join the movement at carolinamovement.com. The church in North Carolina is in trouble. I have a saying, and it's facts are friends. We're going to do a little little call. Facts are friends. Facts are friends. Facts with you about the state of the church in North Carolina. Number one, less than 18% go to Sunday. So what does that mean for North Carolina? North Carolina has a population of 10.5 million people. So if 82% of people in North Carolina are not at any church, not at Rooted Church, not at any church, that means that 8.6 million people this morning in North Carolina are somewhere other than the body of Christ. Number two, church attendance in America is declining. Every major study shows that church attendance in America has declined over the last 50 years, David Olson states in his book, The American Church in Crisis, that every church in the continental U.S., including North Carolina, has experienced a decrease in church attendance. Fact three, there are fewer churches per person than ever before. The number of churches per person in America and in North Carolina is at an all-time low. In 1900, there were 27 churches for every 10,000 people. In 1950, there were 17 churches for every 10,000 people. In 1996, there were only 11 churches for every 10,000 people. And the reality is those numbers have gotten much worse over the last 25 years. However, as the number of churches in North Carolina is shrinking, the population of this state is exploding. The population of the United States is growing eight times churches is even greater. Existing churches are less effective. Unfortunately, the number of churches declining, but existing churches are fewer people than ever before. In 1950, the average church of 100 people saw an average of five and a half people follow Jesus in baptism per year. For about 11, the average church of 100 were only seeing two people follow Jesus per year. And in 2018, baptisms hit their lowest level in 74 years. In 2019, more than half of churches in North Carolina saw zero people follow Jesus in baptism. And that was before the pandemic. In COVID, what we saw was in North Carolina and nationally, a 50% decrease in baptisms since 2019. So let me sum it up. Less than 18% of people go to church on Sunday. Church attendance is declining. There are fewer churches, and the churches that we do have are reaching less people. All right, so this is not my opinion. These are the facts. Which brings me to an important question. Jesus promised in Matthew 16, 18, he said, I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. So, what's happening? 
Is Jesus being unfaithful to his promise or something else going on? Well, let's zoom out. You know, so we're talking about North Carolina. We're talking about America. Let's zoom out globally. Across the globe, Christianity, people following Jesus as Lord, is exploding. It is estimated by 2050 the global Christian population is expected to reach 3 billion people. That's billion with a B. That's a lot of people following Jesus as Lord. You see, Jesus is building his church, but it is shrinking here in North Carolina. So what is going on? And so my prayer, and I'm going to pray in just a second, is that the Lord would open our eyes, that we would have ears to hear and eyes to see what is going on and how we need to readjust what we're doing as followers of Jesus and as a church in order to get in line with the will of God. Heavenly Father, would you, God, help us as we look to your word this morning. God, would you give us wisdom? God, would you help us to see clearly? God, would you convict us of of areas we need to be convicted in? God, would you encourage us? God, in, in ways we need to be encouraged to live out the gospel, the mission of Jesus in our, in our families, in our cities, and in our state. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, so this morning we're going to be talking a lot about Jesus. We're going to be looking at the words of Jesus. In fact, we're going to be looking at three great statements that Jesus made. Three great statements that Jesus made. The first great statement of Jesus that we're going to look at is the Great Commission. The Great Commission. You may have heard of this before. Matthew chapter 28, verses 19 through 20, Jesus said this, Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them commanded you, I am with you all to the very end of the age. So these are the last Jesus before he ascended into heaven, and this is the mission of the church. Unfortunately, many churches at the time can have what I call mission driven. Right? We have the mission of Jesus to go, make disciples, and to go and do likewise. However, many times we can lose the mission of the local church. We can replace the mission of Jesus for other good things, but that are not the mission of Jesus. So if we're going to be the church of Jesus, North Carolina, we must go. We must go. And we must lose this mission. Ten million people in North Carolina who need to hear about Jesus. The mission field is here, and we are the mission in our community about Christ. If we're going to be the church of Jesus, then we must go. Get after me. We must go. We must go. The second great commandment of Jesus, the great teaching of Jesus is the great commandment. Mark chapter 12, verse 8, one of the teachers of the law came and heard them debating, noticing that Jesus had given them a good answer. He asked them, of all the commandments, which is the most important? The most important one, answered Jesus, is this. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. The second is this, love your neighbor as yourself. There is no commandment 
than these. To love. Jesus calls us to love God with everything we have and to love our neighbors as ourselves. See, many churches are good about talking about loving God. We, we just came together. We sang songs about God. We talked about the goodness of God. We praised the goodness of God. But are we also going and loving our neighbors? Do our neighbors know that we love them, that we are for them, that we want the best for them, that like the good Samaritan, that we are willing to sacrifice our goodness, our benefits, our comfort, that they may be loved. Do our neighbors know that we love them? My name is for Rooted Church, that you would love your community, so love your neighbors, that if you were to move, that your neighbors would, would be so upset, that if Rooted Church were to uproot the community would be in crisis. So, if we're going to be the church of Jesus, we must go. And if we're going to be the church of Jesus, we must love. Everybody repeat after me. We must love. We must love. Now, there's one final great statement of Jesus that I believe has actually been the great omission of the church here in North Carolina and here in America. John chapter 17 we read it right before I got up here. Um, it is the longest prayer of Jesus in the entire Bible. John 17, the longest prayer of Jesus. It's right before Jesus is about to uh, be arrested and crucified. And he prays first for himself. He prays second for his disciples. And then, beautiful passages of One who would believe in his to what he prays. This prayer has been called the great collaboration, and I want you to see why. John chapter 17, verse 20, Jesus prays, My prayer is not for them alone. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message. That's us. That all of them may be one. Father, just as you are in me and I am in you, may they be also be in us so that the world, or so that North Carolina, may believe that you have sent me. I have given them the glory that you gave me. may be one as we are one. I in them and you in me so that they may be brought to complete unity. Then, everybody say then. Then the world will know that you sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. See, Jesus prays directly for you and I. He prays for all of our churches, the, all the, the followers of Jesus, brothers and sisters in Christ, that we would be what? One. That we would be one. And, and what will happen... What, what does Jesus say in his prayer will happen if all of us, all of our churches are one? What does he say will happen? He says the world will know that Jesus is the Savior of the world. Now, if spiritual landscape around us, how are we doing? How are we doing? What, what kind of oneness does the church in North Carolina have? Would, would our community 
neighbors with the people in Cary and Morrisville and Raleigh and Apex say, man, those Christians around here, they're really one. They're so united. Together, they're collaborating. They're helping each other. Is that what they would say? I don't think so. I don't think so. If we are going to be the church of Jesus, then we must work together. We must work together. We must for each other, not against each other. And it's not enough that that we just work beside each other. We must work with each other. That is why it's so important that we be in complete unity because it shows a physical picture to the world of the love of Jesus. The, the scriptures say we are the body of Christ, right? Like we are this with flesh on. That, that we as the body of Christ, as we love one another, the world is able to see a picture of Jesus. As you think about all of the different social issues that are happening in our society, they should look at the church and they say, should say, man, look at how they love one another, how they care for one another. The church is the answer to every single problem that we can imagine because they are displaying the love of Christ in it. I think we have a, a picture. Do we have a picture of those circles? When we go and we love and we do it together. I believe that, that the intersection of a group of Christians will go, who will and this is the missing part, I believe, for the church in America and the church in North Carolina, together, not just alone, but do it that we can see an incredible move of God, that we can see the gospel powerfully moving forward where we are, if we will go, love, together. You know, we've been doing this as Carolina Movement since 2017. Our, our mission, that's been our goal, that's been our strategy. It's not super complicated. We're trying to go, love, we realize that, you know, Rooted Church, this is not the biggest church in Raleigh. But this is a church of people who love Jesus, who have the Holy Spirit, and God can do immeasurably more than we can ask or imagine through a group of people who know the Lord and are filled with His Holy Spirit, who have His gospel, who have the good news. Now imagine if churches like Rooted and church all over Cary, Apex, Raleigh, Fuquay, Holly Springs, Morrisville, Chapel Hill, Pittsburgh came together work together to do together what none of those churches could do alone. And what we have found is most churches in Carolina Movement look just like this. There are very few churches in Carolina Movement who are big churches. But through smaller churches working together, we're seeing God do big things. We've seen over 15 churches planted. Every single one of those churches are reaching people. Every single one of those churches are seeing people come to faith. They're, and not only are they reaching people, discipling people, but they're helping to plant new churches. 
We're seeing a record number of churches planted through our churches working together this year. Eight churches. And we're praying that next year we'll see 12 churches planted. And so I want to show you one more video just to help you see what we're praying for God to do through churches just like Rooted Church, partnering together here in North Carolina. Carolina Movement has a dream to help every church become a church planting church. We believe a church planting movement is the only way to sustainably reach North Carolina with the message of Jesus. And we have a vision to see a hundred churches be planted through the Carolina Movement by the year 2027 to serve as a true catalyst for this North Carolina church planting movement. Since 2017, Carolina Movement has seen 14 new churches planted with a 100% success rate, even through the pandemic. Clearly, God has been on the move. However, over the next five years, our prayer is to see our number of church plants go from 14 to 100, which means we are praying to see 86 churches planted in the next five years. We know that the only way to achieve this dream is to plant churches together. Our 2022 prayer is to see six new churches planted this year with 42 sending churches supporting these churches and $125,000 given from our stakeholder churches to fund our operations. We are currently on pace to see this prayer answered with eight church plants in our pipeline. In 2023, our prayer is to see 12 new churches planted with 84 sending churches and 200,000 given from stakeholder churches. In 2024, we are praying to see 18 new churches planted, 24 church plants in 2025, and finally 28 new churches planted in 2026 with over 200 sending churches coming together to fuel this church planting movement. We know that the 100 church plants won't be enough in themselves to change the spiritual landscape of North Carolina. However, we believe it represents a tipping point, resulting in an unstoppable movement of churches, planting churches, planting churches to give every man, woman, and child in North Carolina the opportunity to know Jesus Christ. Carolina Movement wants to come alongside your local church to recapture the Great Commission dream to go, the great commandment to love, and the great prayer of Jesus in John 17 for us to do this together. There is a better way, and it is together. So uh, during the pandemic, we planted a church in Concord, North Carolina called Grace City Church. And none of the churches who helped to plant this church, I'm, I'm looking at them right now, I don't think any of the churches are over 250 people. Sojo Church in Concord, Potter's Hand Church in Apex, Hope Church in Tabor City, Crossroads Church in Whiteville, Multiply Church in Monroe, and Point Fort Bragg and Fayetteville, all six of these churches came together to plant this brand new church called Grace City Church in Concord. None of them could have done it alone. But through them working together, they could. And I believe this is a beautiful picture of John 17 in action. Churches that are willing to go, that are willing to love, in it together. I think it makes Jesus proud. So as we think about what this looks like for your church, I also want you to think about what does this look like for you personally? So not only how is Rudy going to go love together, but how are you going to go, how are you going to love, and how are you going to do it together? So one of the things that, that we do at the church that I call home, we do something called Who's Your One? And what we challenge everyone to do is to pick one person that you're going to point to Jesus and share the good news of Jesus with, share the gospel. 
I don't know if you've ever heard the phrase, do for one what you wish you could do for everyone. Oftentimes we get so overwhelmed, there's so many people who need to hear about Jesus, and we're so overwhelmed that we actually end up telling no one about Jesus. And so what we challenge is to do this, to to pick one person, to pray and ask God to show who is one person. I'm not saying you can only share one person, but who is at least one person that you are praying for God to open the door with for you to tell about the good news of Jesus. One person. Who's your one that you are going to go? Imagine if every single person in this room went to one person, just one, with the good news of Jesus. There would be a lot of people hearing the gospel. All right, so go. Second is, how are we going to love? Who are you loving in your life? Um, one of the things we're going to be sharing about in our ministry training time uh, at 11 um, is something called bless. This idea that what if we could share Jesus in a way that our neighbors did not find as loving? What if we could be a blessing to our neighbors? And BLESS is simply an acronym. I love acronyms. I don't have a great memory. I'm not that smart. And so BLESS acronyms help me to remember things that are important. And so BLESS means begin with prayer, listen, eat. Any of you guys like to eat? I love to eat. Uh, Serve and share. Begin with prayer, eat, serve, and share. We're going to talk about how you can do that in a way that your neighbor's and your coworkers will love you for it, rather than be offended. All right, so finally, do it together. Do it together. This is the power of the local church. This is why I love the local church. You see, I believe the most effective method of evangelism is a group of Christians who love one another. A group of Christians who love one another. Everybody in our community is looking for that. A group of people who will love them. Everybody's looking for it, and we have it. Uh, let me just share a quick example. Over this past year, my, my one has been my neighbor, Ryan. And so I've been sharing about Jesus with Ryan over the pandemic. We've been spending time together. We started playing golf together uh, on Friday mornings. And most of the guys I play with are guys from my church. And so it was so cool to see not only did I build a relationship with Ryan, not only was I praying for Ryan, not only was I sharing the gospel with Ryan, but then the other guys that I play golf with started sharing the gospel with Ryan. And there was a guy named Blake, who he was baptized like two or three months earlier. And he started saying, you know, sometimes one of the things I love is that people can say things you can't say. And he, Blake invited Ryan to church. I'm not really a so I wasn't a church kind of guy either. And he invited Ryan to church. And so my point is this, is that what we can do together, what you can do together, what you can do together as a church is more powerful than what you can do alone. So how can you go? How can you love? And how can you do it together? I love even the, the things you were sharing about what you're doing on the 4th of July. Man, invite your neighbor fishing. Invite your one fishing. Then when they come, not only will you have something to do fun together, but then they'll begin to getting to know other Christians. And they'll not only see, hey, not only is this person who has been loving me, who has been blessing me, not only are they a loving person, but all the other people around them are loving people, and they love 
me. Heavenly Father, I pray that you to learn how to not only be Christians to our neighbors, our co-workers, our classmates, um, not only will we learn to let our light shine in a loving way, God, but help us to learn to do it together in community with the Christians in our church, but also with other churches. God, help us to so work together that the people in our community would think about Christians as the most loving people that they know. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.